This is Steve Tortorello, promoter of Warrior Wrestling, and you are drinking with Mo. All right, everybody. Welcome to Drinking at Mo's. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, notifications, all that good stuff, because as you can see from today, and even more evidence, we got good things coming. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, you'll find us. All right, today we got Steve from Warrior Wrestling with us. How are you doing? I am great, Mo. I'm happy to be here and happy to be talking wrestling. Oh, yeah. Something I always enjoy doing. And I remember not long ago, I started seeing about uh, your promotion. I'm like, damn, that's some nice stuff. I think it was some of the first things I was watching was the, I believe, some of the first stadium series shows. Nice. And I remember like, holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were really thrilled with the way that those came together, um, the shows themselves and the safety for the crowd and just being able to have wrestling again at a time where we weren't sure what, what the world was going to look like. So that was um, a really important stretch for us, those stadium series shows. Yeah, and uh, I guess first thing that I like, to really ask each of my guests is what actually got you uh, started as a fan of wrestling? Wow, great question. So I was a fan as a little kid. I'm 36, about to turn 37. And so in the late 80s, I watched Hulk Hogan and I watched Saturday morning wrestling and I had all the action figures and the wrestling buddies, etc. And so I, I started early, but then I got out of it for a while. In the, in the early to mid 90s, I fell out of it and didn't really care very much. And uh, some of my best friends had gotten big back into wrestling in 97, 98. And they were always telling me, you've got to watch wrestling. You've got to come back to wrestling. And I was always like, no, 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 I'm, I'm over wrestling. I'm not going to watch that anymore, that garbage, et cetera. And one night I was at a uh, sleepover hanging out with uh, some of my best friends or three brothers. And I was at their house sleeping over for the night. We were actually camping in tents in their backyard. We were mm -hmm. camping and that we were in a tent, 10 feet from their back door. And I was harassing them about wrestling in the tent and we were arguing about it. And they said, all right, that's it. We're going inside. We're going to show you what wrestling was this past week. And <laughs> went, went down to their family room. They popped in a VHS tape and they had taped. It was the June 98 King of the Ring Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell match. Oh. And they showed me that match. And I sat there and it was like a moment where like lightning struck. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> And so from that moment on, I was back and I was in deeper than anybody that I knew. I had a convert's uh, zealousy uh, uh, with, with just the, the zeal that I had for wrestling. So, um, so I was a fan in the late 80s, fell out of it for a while. And then that moment, literally like lightning striking, sucked me back in. Right, kind of similar for me in a way. I fell out of it a little bit right before I enlisted back in 2008. And I remember, I, I mean, I was stationed in Southern California, so I had heard all these things about the shows in Southern California, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look one up. And then 
boom, I just became a fan all over again. Yeah, absolutely. I was in Southern California around that time. Uh, where, where were you? Were you at Pendleton? I was right uh, 32nd Street Naval Base, like right south of downtown. Are you in San, San Diego or L.A.? San Diego. Oh, okay. So I was in L.A., and uh, so I was in LA 2008 to 2010. I was doing a volunteer teaching program. And that's where I found authentic local Lucha Libre. So I, I lived mm. and taught in East LA. And um, the kids, I, you know, you talk with the kids, whatever. And they knew I was a big wrestling fan. And a lot of the kids were like, oh, Mr. Tortorello, we got to take you to Luchas. What are you doing this Sunday? And so it was a, a group of seventh grade boys and their dads that I went with to watch. It was a Lucha Libre show in a mechanic's garage. Like they, mm. they did, cleared out the garage and it was a Lucha Libre show <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. And I was hooked. So I went to a bunch of shows with those guys. I went to PWG up in Reseda. I went to uh, Mach 1 in Anaheim. I actually trained for a few months at the little school at Mach 1 in Anaheim. So I just, I dove into the SoCal indie wrestling scene like crazy in that era. Oh yeah. I mean, I was introduced through a now defunct promotion, New Wave Pro, that kind of mm -hmm. partnered with uh, still going SoCal Pro. And I'm friends with a few of the guys i've actually had two of them on previous episodes and man i i can't thank those guys enough because man that introduced me to i met a guy that runs a promotion here in omaha and i'm like ooh, got back here started going and now a bunch of my best friends are some of the wrestlers that's awesome um, all right, so I really want to talk about getting started with w Warrior Wrestling. What inspired the start? Sure. So I, um, I've long been involved in a variety of different creative outlets uh, for about a, a decade there from 2004 or 2005 to 2014. I ran a sketch and improv comedy group uh, with a, a big chunk of my friends. We did uh, comedy shows in the summer and, and, and throughout the school year. And so that sundowned in 2014. And a couple of years later, uh, I was just itching to do something creative again. And I, I'd always loved wrestling you know, for the last the previous 20 years as we were just talking about. And I, I wanted to get involved maybe in indie wrestling and I poked around some of the local indie promotions. There was really no way to get involved and help. And then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion and um, started floating around ideas, talking to different people. And so it was really born in the fall of 2017. And then over Christmas of 2018 is when it solidified and came together and we picked a date and we were off to the races. And our first show was May of 2018. So we we're coming up on the four year anniversary of Warrior Wrestling in a, okay. about a month. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, you guys have had some great talent come through there previous champion i remember seeing brian cage um your current champion will osprey man the the talent that has gone through that promotion at various times is like a who's who of guys that are out there right now 
Yeah, and that's what we're going for. You know, there's different um, sizes and scopes of indie promotions. We really want to be a, a major prestige national indie. You know, we, we want, if we put on a show, we want the best people physically possibly available to be on that show. We, um, we, we want to go all out as if every show is our last, as if the comet is going to hit the earth the day after the next show, so we better leave it all on the field. And so we have been courting some of the best talent in the world. We've been blessed to have so many of them on our shows and um right now we're blessed to have our two champions our three champions are will osprey thunder rosa and our lucha champion is sam adonis who's main eventing triple a shows down in mexico like crazy so we, we're really very blessed to have some of the best in the world at what they do carrying our banners and um we're proud of that and, and we're happy with the work that they're putting in yep and speaking of your champions i'm not sure if you guys are still doing this. I know I saw it was done previous shows, a thing on the website called the Champions Charity. And I yes. thought that was actually a pretty cool concept. You know, you get given back to communities in a way. Yeah. Uh, so we started that in January of this year and uh, it's been really successful. We've donated a couple of thousand dollars to the few different charities. Uh, we're most likely going to do it for Sam Adonis, our Lucha champion, heading into this next show uh, in about 10 days. Uh, but we wanted to create a way for the, the promotion to do good and, and to do some, some great things. And, and besides, instead of picking a random charity, all of which are, are wonderful and noble, why not pick something that means something to our champions, to our people? And so Will Ospreay is very much involved in uh, mental health and suicide prevention. Mm. He's lost a couple very good friends to suicide uh, in the last few years of his life. Mm -hmm. So he picked Samaritans and Thunder Rosa is very much involved in first responders and families mm. uh, battling illnesses. So she picked Project Fire Buddies, which is a fire department charity where the fire departments raise money and give support to uh, kids who are battling cancer and their families. And so uh, that's what we've done so far. Again, we're going to roll out one with Sam pretty soon. And um, it's just a way for us to, to do something good and to do it in a way that connects to the champions and the talents on our shows. And question I have just from hearing that, um, I've had, unfortunately, a few of the friends that I served with become a part of that 22 a day statistic. And so suicide awareness prevention very near and dear to me um is there a way for people like for me or people that are fans that are watching from out of state to be able to donate to these causes absolutely so uh we haven't rolled it out yet for this next coming show but when we did it in january with will uh we did a raffle both two two raffles the, the same piece we had a signed acrylic poster of will osprey and we raffled one off in the venue and gave all the money to samaritans and then we did one raffle online where we pushed that you could buy a raffle ticket online we drew the winner at the show and whoever won it we shipped them uh the, the acrylic so when that rolls out again we will push it out in all of our socials and that's how oh, anybody anywhere in the world can buy a raffle ticket and and all that money 100% of the proceeds uh, goes to the charity so you can feel good about what you're doing and you also have a chance to win something cool that is awesome and you know when I get the uh, this video uploaded and even the podcast I'll share links to your social medias so 
anybody that might be interested can go ahead and, you know, try to buy into the raffle to raise some money for a pretty great cause. Awesome. Thank you very much. Very welcome. Um, thing I was curious about, um, you mentioned about uh, choosing the best available guys is that guys and women that are available for your shows. How do you go about like you want to choosing who you're booking for these shows? Yeah, so uh, oftentimes it starts with a brainstorming process of myself, my buddy Eric, and the other team members of Warrior Wrestling talking through who we think would be a good fit at our show. Because mm. it's not just who's the biggest names, but who fits the style of wrestling we do, the style of show we mm. do, and what are the different types of matches that we have. And so we, it's a lot of brainstorming. And then from the brainstorming stage, it goes into who's available. We reach out to a lot of people. And, and because the wrestlers are taking bookings all over the world, world you might yeah. really want wrestler a b and c but they're not available in any of the dates yeah. you're looking to run so it's this big matching game of who are you interested in who's available who would fit in the budget uh, it's a lot of hypotheticals talking to people would you yeah. be state and then as well it's it's you know who um you know, who can, can work with different people. Cause there are some companies out there where their stars can't work with other stars yeah. from specific other companies. So it's this big jigsaw yeah. puzzle of trying to put it all together. And then I, when I you can imagine. stand back from it and look at it, that's when you realize like, all right, we've put something together that we really like. That that's, that's cool. I've known, I know a couple of the promoters here in town. So like, I love picking their brains about how how they go about booking the shows, who they pick, how they do it. So it's very interesting to see because I know everybody has a little bit of a different uh, method of how they go about that. Sure. Yeah. And it's different for different promotions too, right? Different promotions yeah. emphasize different things. They've got different budgets. They're trying to do something different. So that's part of the, the great variety of wrestling. Mm. And Another thing, another, we kind of talked about it a little bit, your stadium series shows. That was one thing I wanted to make sure I asked because I thought it was such a great concept. And the shows, at least from the viewing standpoint, was like, wow, they, they really put this on good. Um, how, do, how did that come about of... Uh, I mean, planning the first one and then, you know, uh, since I guess that did so well, I see you guys got more on the, on the schedule here coming up. Yeah. So actually, interestingly enough, it was an idea that my buddy Eric had had um, a year before COVID. So he had the, the idea in 2019 that he would love to do an outdoor show, like a picnic festival of wrestling outdoor in the football stadium. And for a couple of different reasons, it just didn't come together in 2019. Well, flash forward to 2020, when the pandemic happens and everything is shut down and, and we're starting in Illinois to get um, information about what's going to be allowed by the state, what you can do. And we looked at the list of what was available available and allowed and we realized wait a second 
the idea Eric had last year, that might work, that might fly. And so we, we went back, we revisited it, changed some things up, and we were able to do an outdoor, safe, socially distanced uh, pro wrestling show. And the funny thing is we did it because we had to, because that's mm. the only way we could do it safely. But then after doing it, people loved it. They, they you know, we did the one, it was called Friday Night Lights in August of 20. And then we did the first stadium series, three weekends in September of 20. And then people told us, you guys got to keep this, right? Even after COVID, like this has to be the thing that you do outdoors under the stars and the football field. And so now we fell luckily backwards into a brand new thing. And this is what we're going to do going forward. This is going to be our summer tradition. Oh, yeah. I, one hell of a summer tradition. I mean, I know, like I said, from viewing the ones that I have been able to, I'm like, man people have been missing out on not doing something like this and i mean like you said especially with the pandemic they you have all that space that you can have for people to be socially distanced out there yeah i mean it just it worked so well that it was just like gosh why Again, why weren't people already thinking this? But, but that's so many things like that in the pandemic happened where we were forced just as a society to punt yeah. and figure something out. And then in, in being forced to punt, you realize, oh, this is better than the way we were doing it previously anyway. Yeah. And now, since you've seen and heard that people love it so much, you get to have a big annual thing, like your big Oh, I don't really want to call it WrestleMania, but it's like your big summer tradition, you know, every year people can be like, oh, stadium series is coming up. I got to. Exactly. Yeah, we, we've got something unique that we do that people look forward to. And I know, I mean, right now I can't afford to travel too much, but one of these coming years i would really love to get out there one of those stadium series shows because i mean watching it is fun enough but i can only imagine being there is that much more fun yeah i mean it's just a really cool vibe and it's interesting because wrestling shows uh, there's so many things that make a wrestling show so unique and fun and the stadium series is different than what it normally is right usually a wrestling show is normally fun because you're packed in like sardines it's loud yeah. it's echoing off the walls it's like a concert but the stadium series is different it's like you're watching a baseball game and mm -hmm. um you know like you're you're on you're sitting on a, a picnic blanket and you brought a cooler and you got beers and you brought some snacks and it's it's different and that's what people like about it oh yeah i know as far as I go, I'm I'm a big fan of it. Um, I know you guys are going to be debuting here shortly in St. Louis. Yes, sir. Um, is there any thoughts on traveling? I mean, not too far away, you know, throughout the Midwest. I mean, maybe as far as uh, Omaha, Nebraska, wink, wink. 
<laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. You know, so this year, 2022 is our experimental year. Before this, we were always in Chicago, Chicago area. And this year we're doing South Bend, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, St. Louis. We're doing Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we're trying to figure out a way to get up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the fall. And so we, we, we're starting this year. We're seeing how traveling goes for us. And if it goes well, in the future, we'd love to expand to other cities and other markets to go further west, go further mm -hmm. east. You know, we we love what we do and we want to bring it to more people. I know, uh, I know with the talent that you guys have had come through there, you word gets out that you bring that talent to St. Louis, to oh, anywhere in Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> that word gets out it's gonna be good i can already feel it yeah so one of the you know our one of our new uh cities is is south bend indiana we were there in january we're coming back in about 10 days and we heard from people over and over and over again, we never get anything like this in South Bend. And South Bend's a, a medium-sized market about 90 miles east of Chicago. And back in the day, in the 80s and early 90s, it used to be a stop on the WWF house show tour. Mm. Hulk Hogan came to South Bend, you know? But in the last 15 years, nobody's really come to South Bend, 20 years. And it's a big city, right? It's a metro area of half a million people. Um, and again, it's not too far from Chicago, not too far from Grand Rapids, not too far from Fort Wayne. And so when we showed up with Will Ospreay and Brian Cage mm. and, and, you know, the big names, people were thrilled. And I think it would be the same again in a lot of the other markets across the Midwest. They're used to Chicago getting the big shows. They're used to yeah. Detroit getting the big shows. Well, you know, we want to show up in other cities too. And that's part of our plan. That's awesome. Um, I guess one thing I want to make sure we talk about is your upcoming show a week from this Saturday. Mm -hmm. you got a big show, uh, main, I believe it's the main event with Will Ospreay and Blake Christian. Yes, sir. And then you got Thunder Rosa, who's going to be helping crown the new women's champs. And she's, I mean, she's got a big thing on her plate right yes. now with being a champion in AEW um, and among some other matches uh, how about we talk a little bit about that what are your thoughts going into that show I think it's going to be incredible. So you just mentioned two of the the big matches. Another one that that is really, I think, going to maybe steal the show is Top Flight versus Brian Cage and Casey Navarro. Uh, last time we were in South Bend, Cage had an incredible match with Will Ospreay. Casey Navarro had an incredible match and beat Myron Reed. And the two of them, Cage and KC, they teamed up against the Acclaimed when we were in Cicero, Illinois in February. And so them against Top Flight, who are four fantastic athletes all together, the four of them, mm. that match I think is oh, going to yeah. be something special. So you're going to get an epic clash with Will and Blake. You're going to get a new women's champion crown, either Athena or Sky blue or shaz and mckenzie you're gonna have a, a, a mind-blowing tag match like i just mentioned with top flight versus casey and cage and then on top of that we have other different styles of matches we have this new showcase we're doing with new japan where we're showcasing new japan dojo uh, graduates so we've got carl fredericks and clark connors we're going to see japanese strong style we're going to see swerve swerve's house is coming to south bend oh yeah yes sir and adam brooks 
Uh, we're going to see Sam Adonis and Aramis, so a lucha match. Again, mm. we try to our shows. We try to do a little bit of everything, and on this show, you're going to see a mm. little bit of all different styles of wrestling, and so we're really excited for it. I I know I'm I'm excited. I mean, I know I won't be able to be there, uh, but I'm as far as for those that can't be there. Is there a streaming option? Are you guys going to be posting these? matches anywhere great question so everything's available on fight tv you can watch it live on pay-per-view anywhere around the world and what's nice is not only do we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in the u.s watching the shows on fight we get tons of buys from all over the world people from singapore germany ireland south africa uh brazil watching these warrior shows so as long as you have access to the internet anywhere on planet earth or in a space station somewhere you can watch a warrior show live on fight TV. Mm. Well, definitely anybody that watches this show, be sure you're going to want to buy that show. I know I'm going to. Amen. Um, all right. One thing I wanted to get to outside of warrior wrestling, I want to get your thoughts on the current state of not just independent wrestling, but pro wrestling in general, there's like so many options out there that anybody can find something that they're going to enjoy. And I mean, from things that you've described with your shows, people get a little bit of everything. So they're going to find something they enjoy in your shows. What is your opinion on like the current state of things? I think wrestling is the healthiest it has ever been. It's not the most popular it's ever been because in the late nineties, obviously the the popularity boom, so many casual fans were watching wrestling like, you know, like they watch a reality TV show, but I think as a whole, the industry is the healthiest it's ever been because there are so many places for guys and girls to work. There are so many different styles of wrestling. If you don't like something, there's 10 other things you can watch. I mean, just off the top of your head, Mm. talk about national promotions. You've got WWE, you've got AEW, you've got Impact, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got Mm -hmm. New Japan. I would argue GCW is a national promotion. I would have to agree with that promotions right there, let alone hundreds of independent promotions across uh-huh. the U.S. and Canada. And you can, if you, if those aren't your style, you can watch AAA or CMLL from Mexico. You can watch All uh-huh. Japan. You can watch NOAA. You can watch, um, you know, the 16, the WXW 16 carat stuff from uh-huh. Germany. You can watch so oh, yeah. many British promotions. I mean, it is, if you don't like wrestling right now, then you don't like wrestling because there's yeah. something for everybody right now. I agree completely. Such a wide variety that you it would be hard to argue as far as the health of the industry. It's got to be a near, if not at an all-time high right now. Yes, it truly is. The talent level is through the roof. Definitely. And speaking of some talent, one thing I like to do with each of my guests is do a little bit of a speed round sort of thing. I bring up some names. You give me your thoughts. Okay. All right. We kind of talked about these first two a little bit, but first one, one of your previous champions, Brian Cage. 
the most versatile player in wrestling. I really think that he can wrestle any style. He can be a monster. He can be a brawler. He can be a luchador. He can be a high flyer. Uh, when you let Brian Cage just be Brian Cage for 15 minutes, there's nobody better. And that's one of the things that I'm really hoping they let him do on this new ROH run. So I would say versatile, and I, I would say he's one of the best. I I would have to agree. I mean, for a for a big man, he's pretty damn agile. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Your current champion, Will Ospreay. Uh, I would have to say the best. Uh, truly, you know, uh, Will Ospreay is a once-in-a-generation athlete who does some things that make you scratch your head and question the laws of gravity and physics. Mm-hmm. I first saw Will wrestle in person in December 2015 in PWG in California. I went out there for the weekend. It was him versus Kenny Omega. and. Mm-hmm. I had heard his name. I'd seen clips of him. I knew what he was capable of. But in December of 15, I saw it with my own eyes. And I went, this guy is one of the most special athletes I've ever seen. And um, it's almost like I'm I'm a big hockey fan and I'm a Blackhawks fan. And uh, Patrick Kane for the Chicago Blackhawks moves in a way that most hockey players don't move. Like when I watch hockey, it's like Patrick Kane is moving at a different speed where it's like he's in water and everybody else is in mud. And I feel that way about Will Ospreay. I feel like Will Ospreay's in water and everybody else is in mud. Um, no offense to everybody else who's in mud. It just Will moves that smoothly, that quickly, and in a way that is just totally natural. It looks like he's missing. I once saw this description about Mick Jagger when I saw uh, the Stones years ago. Somebody said Mick Jagger moves like he's missing a few vertebrae, like he's more cartilage than the rest of us. And I feel that way about Will Ospreay in a wrestling ring. So truly, I think he is the best that there is. And uh, we're very proud that he's our champion. Oh, I have to agree everything completely. And I would be proud of having him be my champ too. I mean, the guy makes it look so effortless. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. All right. We talked about some New Japan. Got two guys I want to see about here. One was just had a killer match against Samoa Joe last night, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. So Minoru Suzuki was actually on a warrior show in December of 19. He was on warrior wrestling seven, uh, fought Tom Lawler. I I will say just, gosh, the aura that he has about him. Mm -hmm. He is a special performer. You know, if anybody watched dynamite last night, you saw it last night when he walked out, there's just something about the way he walks, the way he stands, the way he stares, the way Mm -hmm. he strikes. This is a guy who is an older gentleman or is middle-aged, upper middle-aged gentleman, but I still believe he could probably rip a phone book in half with his bare hands. And I think there might be some, you know, cocky 20 something kid in a bar fight who might say, Hey, what are you doing old man? And and that kid would end up getting put through the glass window of the bar. Uh, He's Suzuki is just the toughest human being you could ever meet but also the kindest and nicest man you've ever met in your life backstage. So he is this walking paradox of, you know, I think of the Teddy Roosevelt adage, speak softly and carry a big stick. Suzuki is the big stick walking. Oh, Mo, I think I lost you. I, 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 you're frozen. Can you see me? All right, so 
had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but we got it figured out. We were on Minoru Suzuki. You were mentioning some things about him. Yeah, I had just mentioned that he has a presence about him. He just exists. And, and everybody knows how tough of a son of a gun he is. And, oh, yeah. Um, he's just special. When he walks in, there's just – there are a few people in life that when they walk in a room, everybody knows there's something special about him. That's Minoru Suzuki. I agree completely. I mean, he, along with the guy I'm going to ask about next – they have this aura about them that like, especially when they have a title with them, they have this look that it's like, you'd have to damn near kill them to take it from them. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying, guy I was going to bring up next, I don't believe you had him on. You correct me if I'm wrong. One of my personal favorites of, along there with Suzuki, Tomohiro Ishii. Yes, oh, the Stone Pitbull. He is a, a dream get for us. No, we have not yet had him. I've talked to Rocky Romero several times about trying to get him to a warrior show. He is, you know, we, again, we talk about aura and talk about toughness. That's mm. a guy whose nickname fits. Everybody in wrestling picks a nickname. Well, the mm. Stone Pitbull is a nickname that picked Tomohiro Ishii. The guy Definitely. is just tough. Just oh, tough. Oh, yeah. And, and you know when he's on the card, you're getting a hell of a match and a hell of a fight. Oh, totally. I remember one of the first matches I saw his was at a Wrestle Kingdom show. And it was one of the first matches as far as Japanese wrestling that I had really got to see. And I just remember being in awe of there's this moment where he goes and headbutts the guy. And you know how a lot of times headbutts here you you see them oh they ow but this you could literally hear the bone on bone and you're just like ah my head hurts just watching that yeah i mean i watch an ishii match and i think to myself how did either of the two people in this match survive that oh totally oh i agree completely and last part of this speed round some guy that uh, I've seen as part of the shows before. Some people don't seem too thrilled with them. Frank the Clown. <laughs> uh, Frank the Clown is a nuisance. Frank the Clown is a pain in everyone's rear end. Frank the Clown is a pest. But Frank the Clown is over. So Frank the Clown will continue to be at Warrior Wrestling, promoting his various wrestlers scheming his nefarious schemes uh, much to our chagrin but uh, i think he's forever going to be a part of warrior wrestling i can agree on all counts kind of annoying but hey you you can't argue the fact that he's over with a lot of people yep all right That's so to kind of wrap this up i want to give you a chance to plug the upcoming schedule for warrior wrestling and plug social media so people can go give warrior wrestling a follow 
Thank you so much. So yeah, so um, everything is at warriorwrestling.net. That's our website. Our socials are at warrior wrestling, no vowels in wrestling. So W-R-S-T-L-N-G. Um, coming up, as we were talking about earlier, we're touring the Midwest, Saturday, uh, April 23 in South Bend, Saturday, May 28 in St. Louis, Saturday, June 18 in Grand Rapids. And then as we talked about, we return home to Chicago for the stadium series in July, August, and September. So it's a busy, busy year for us. We're bringing the brand everywhere. And we want to share what we love about professional wrestling with as many audience members as possible. So check us out at warriorwrestling.net. Follow us on socials. Grab some tickets. If you can't make it out to the show or if you're in Omaha, Nebraska or somewhere else, you can watch it on Fight uh, Fight TV. They stream all of them live. And we're just excited about showing more people what Warrior Wrestling has to offer. Oh, I agree. Everybody, I will be providing links to social medias and the warrior wrestling website um i know i for one am gonna be buying that that show on fight i'm excited thank you very much we're excited to have everybody see it all right wow that was a fun episode be sure to leave a rating i can't thank those guys enough for taking the time to talk with me also, I gotta always give a shout out to my boys at the Random Podcast. You guys have always been great to me, helping me spread the word about my show. You guys got a great show yourselves. Always entertained. Never want to miss a show. All right, guys. Until next time, let's fucking go.